Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the DoubleClutch.ca podcast. I'm your host, Nick, managing editor of DoubleClutch.ca magazine, and we are joined in studio by Nathan, Addy, and a special guest, dear friend of DoubleClutch, freelance automotive writer and photographer extraordinaire Jeff Wilson. Nathan, why don't you uh, take it from here? Well, we were supposed to be getting into auto show coverage because it is kind of a big week for car news in Canada. Mm Mm-hmm. But Jeff Wilson has some grievances he would like to air. Yeah, I've got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> <laughs> problems, problems. See, I have problems with you people. There you go. <laughs> and listening to the last couple of weeks of podcasts mm-hmm. there, you've made some horrible, horrible decisions and, and claims and things like that. And so I'm just here to uh, correct things for you. So okay. going back Lay to... it on. Going back two weeks now, there was okay. some... Do you significant- remember things from two weeks ago? I yeah, what? Exactly. Well, no, I just listened to it in the car on the way here so that I had something oh, to say. Fresh oh, fresh grievances. Okay. Yes, okay. exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, you guys were talking about the Mercedes S-Class. And Nick, I think you had had the, the, the FEV version of it. Yes. As you were uh, very yes. affectionately calling it. And FEV? FEV, yeah. FEV. FEV. I think that was yeah. me. I'm usually the, the dumb on how to pee Cool. Moron. And so... The, the general gist was that most of you guys decided that the V8 version was the sensible choice for the S-Class, I so the S580, and that, Nick, you still preferred the, the FEV version for some silly reason. Yeah. And so the, the point here is that you're all wrong okay? Uh-huh. because the best S-Class that's available right now is the one that's both. So okay. it's the plug-in hybrid V8, which is the S63 e-power, oh. and that car is absolutely one of the most extraordinary machines I have ever driven in my life. It is simply magnificent. We often forget about that one yes. and that it exists. Yes, yeah, someone I had to driven. fly us out to it, check it out. It's, so it's we forgot it was fresh. there. Jeff, we don't get to go on all these fancy trips like you do, oh, Jeff. Oh, oh. So uh, we forgot, Jeff. We're stuck with what's in Toronto, Jeff. Yeah, I'm Jeff. sure it's coming. <laughs> so I've actually <laughs> driven it. Um, I agree with you but also don't agree with you um i agree with everything you're saying about how extraordinary the car is it is but i've never been in for in the same way that i've never been the biggest fan of the s63 in general i think that when they try to go all sport with the low pro tires and the big brakes and the um the sports suspension and even in the its most comfortable setting the s63 still rides significantly choppier than the regular 580 i think Mm -hmm. it takes away from the essence of luxury that the s-class is known for and hence i'm going to stick to my uh to to my decision and to go and vote for the s580 gas motor with the big v8 and all the lux hold on is your 580 not on 22s no it's on 21s Oh yes, <laughs> but but on those twenty, 20- as we all know, one inch makes a big difference. <laughs> um, well, the size of matters is how you use it. <laughs> so no, but even on the twenty ones is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. But like yeah. the S sixty three is on very low pro tires. It's on sportier tires than the P. I, I would assume than the P zeros that the five eighties on because it, it the one I had driven. I cannot remember the exact spec of the tires, but. It drove, it rode and drove very choppy. So some sort of permutation between tire and rim combo yeah. versus how the suspension is sprung, um, it does make it sportier and more aggressive. Which, if you're driving it hard all the time, yeah. yes, that's what you want, right? I have a friend with mm-hmm. a Brabus five, sorry, Brabus six hundred or Brabus sixty three from like ten years ago, and he drives it like a raging asshole one hundred percent of the time. Fine, that makes sense. Mm. But I find myself in a calm state of mind whenever mm-hmm. I drive the 580 and it just kind of agrees with you and whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, and in fairness, I did only drive it in Southern California roads where it was smooth and Absolutely nice. perfect. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that was sort of an optimal situation there. But That does even sound like still, a sweet recipe, though. The, oh, God. Well, and, and this was no, the you're thing, not wrong. Was mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're cruising around and you're going from business meeting to business meeting to valet station to valet mm-hmm. station, it does that really well. It's got mm-hmm. loads of space. It's it's you know exceptionally luxurious inside. All that wonderful stuff. Then to to sit there and drive on the canyon roads mm-hmm. and have this thing drive like it is 
you know, an, an SL, not a not yeah, an like S class. Yeah, like half the car it is. Yeah, it, w- it was astonishing. And I mean, of course, having more than a thousand foot pounds of torque means that you're just squirting toward the horizon whenever you want, mm. anyway. You know, so. Yeah. It is a it's a pretty awesome thing. And then you can still use the carpool lane, too, because you've got your green plate on like. Wait, the S63 awesome. gets a green plate. Plugins. Yeah, plug Fev. Yeah, but there's some exceptions. Like, I don't think the Hummer EV gets one. Like, I think I. I Because I, I, it's a commercial vehicle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, no, I'm with I've you. addressed that one. That's ridiculous. Hang on, hang on. Can we pause for just one second? I Can we just address? I don't know. I don't know what solution there. I just want to rant this this trend of. I've brought this up on a couple of reviews. Oxymoronic fucking green vehicles. Yeah. Like the BMW XM, like this S63 E Power. Like the Rolls Royce Spectre. Like the Rolls Royce Spectre. These, like. At least the Rolls Royce Spectre is fully EV. It's actually EV. Yeah. Like, it's pushing it, but, like, okay, that gets a pass. But, like, you have these vehicles that have a fire breathing 600 horsepower gas engine and also a little fun size battery. And therefore, you get a green plate in carpool lane. Thanks that for saving the planet. That seems like, so <laughs> wrong. <laughs> It it just it just seems backwards. It just seems real. Or the McLaren Artura. Yeah, like green plates. Yeah, like it, it did your what? McLaren Artura press car have green plates? It had green GB plates. plates. Spectacular. Yeah. Car- I awesome. I felt like a massive asshole carpooling into the office by yourself. You mean by Not myself? Carpooling. Mm-hmm. You were just carpool carpooling lane. by myself. Right. Yeah. Okay. Carpool With lane GB plates. Yeah. It, was, it felt so it was wrong. Nick and his ego. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is. There I just is, think it's I think dumb. It's, no, I think eventually as yeah. more and more EVs begin yeah. to populate, like, like Tesla sells, what, a billion cars a day? Like, there's Tesla alone is moving that green vehicle market, and based on that, eventually the, I think, like, I think they piloted, at least here in Ontario, that that toll HOV system for a while. It was called, like, yeah. HOT or HTO yeah. or something. It's, it's still ongoing I here. think eventually mm-hmm. it'll be, like, you can buy a pass and like California they, they, they stopped giving the stickers out so even if you bought after a certain amount of time there's a point where even if you bought a new EV whatever brand it was you mm-hmm. didn't get the it had to have the EV okay or a carpool lane HOV sticker mm-hmm. yep. on the side of the back bumper like this obnoxious mole that was the only way you could access so eventually it's going to get there yeah but like back to yeah. your point about about like you know the, these oxymoronic vehicles that's precisely why i prefer the s580e over whatever the hell variant you drove mr wilson on Mm -hmm. your jet setting adventures (laughs) i have no desire to attack canyons carved corners you also have a desire to drive the lame engine with six cylinders in your s class there's straight it's straight it's not i agree first of all inline six inline sixes are hardly lame second of all that that engine, in particular, is very well suited to the Escalade. It's very smooth. Oh, it's okay. lovely. Like, it's still yeah. pre- I still prefer a V8, but, like, the FEV makes a ton of sense. Same. It's, yeah. same. It's, it's a wonderful situation in an E-Class. Yeah, I think that makes good yeah, sense. Yeah, I agree. That's the thing. Like, in an E, it makes sense. Even yeah. in the... I was just about to say we had hmm. a GLE a few months ago with that engine. So, apparently... That was good. So, apparently... No, no that was a four-popper in that engine. No, it wasn't. It was yeah, a straight was, six. No, it was a four-popper. Because we, we thought it was a the six-cylinder. I'm like, man, the six-cylinder feels kind of like a lame duck. And then well, we found it was a four-cylinder. And we found it wasn't a six-cylinder at all. Oh, That's I'm why sorry. it felt kind of lame. Actually, funny you mentioned that. I recently found out that you can actually get that that combination in the GLE, the straight six plus the plug-in hybrid powertrain in the States. Oh, oh it's called uh, the GLE 580E, isn't yes. it? Yes, yes, uh, yes, you're right. It does agree. Interesting piece of trivia. But with all due respect, Jeff... You are wrong. <laughs> I well, actually don't think he is. I'm going to side with him here, sort of. Yeah. No, because we said, like, V8 or PHEV, we like both. He's found both. Yeah, he's actually right. Give it to What's him. your next grievance? Well, heck, no, pause. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Pause. Because there was a keen opportunity to, like, circle jerk the B58 from BMW there <laughs> that we didn't take. <laughs> and I'm a little upset about it, so we're just going to gloss over that. Jeff, no, no. have you driven the new... Sorry. Oddly enough, okay. we're going to work that into the next grievance. Okay, then I will just let you talk. All right, all right. here we go. <laughs> so, last week's podcast, there was all this wonderful love for the ND Miata. And hey, I get it. It's a spectacular little car. It's Fantastic. pretty good. But you guys are sitting there comparing it to a six-figure Boxster, and that's just silly. And you did, it in fairness, say that you, nobody's going to cross cross shop that, and I get it. But to even sit there and put them into the same discussion is absurd. Because well, now honestly, you're, well now you're asking not to be invited back to. Well, back well hang to on, this. hang on. I Which, see, I see Jeff's point. No one's cross shopping these things. Exactly. Like Which you guys was, did say, and that, that yeah. that's fine. But then you went and said. 
well, you know, there's this big price gap between the Z4 and the Boxster, the base Boxster. Uh, and that was why the Z4 warranted all this extra love and adoration. Two more and cylinders, baby. Listen, that wasn't it's me. <laughs> so much more expensive than the ND Miata. So where is this price justification, you know, sizing everything up here for you? All right, there's two things at play here. Number mm -hmm. one, BMW. <laughs> <laughs> two, I feel like that powertrain combo in that vehicle is much more characterful it sounds way better it's a fucking shitload faster it's smoother it's better on gas it's and more it's better it's, it's more cohesive overall it's more cohesive and it's a better daily it's more muscular like the thing the thing Boxster. just like it was it rode more comfortable it was quieter when you wanted to be quieter it was sillier when you wanted to be sillier with it i think it, it did that that jack of all trades thing better than the Boxster mm. does. I'm sorry, can I just ask what the price difference is again between the a nicely equipped Z4 M40i so, and the Barbie Boxster? So, yeah, so a loaded the loaded press car I had last year yeah. was 88 grand. Okay. And the the style edition, the 17 style edition we had was 1045. And what if you took away the style edition package and had a regular Boxster spec exactly the same way? Like 990s, I think. 95? Okay, so the difference is about 7k. Yeah, if, I'll have the Boxster. That. Absolutely. I'll have the Boxster. It's just Not so much close. more. Man, like, I'm a B58 <laughs> evangelist along with you guys mm -hmm. through and through. B58 and ZF 8-speed uh, uh, transmission, one of the best powertrain combinations you can buy today, by far. I agree. I don't know. You stuttered. But you're a combination. But not beating the <laughs> dead horse that you guys flogged and flogged and flogged. <laughs> For the record, I wasn't so. there. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> in, in last week's podcast. The answer is none of those cars. Again, it's the Supra. Because now you're getting... Okay, so hang on. I have thoughts about the Supra. well-sorted stick shift. And hey, the jury's still out on what the Z4 is going to do. You are going to blow the car speakers of anyone listening, Nathan. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but also, I have thoughts about the Supra. I felt, at, when it first came out, I loved it. And maybe I was hyped about the fact, and I was a little clouded by... Um, the return of a legendary name that I personally hold in very high regard, having grown up in the Fast and the Furious era, blah, 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 blah. Powered being a Toyota junkie growing up. Powered by, nonetheless, God's own engine. Right. Mm. But my point is, when I started driving them more and more, as they... The ride is way too choppy. The interior is a little tighter than I'd like, and maybe the Z4 with its opening top makes that feel a little airier. Uh, you cannot drive a Supra with the windows down mm -hmm. because of the wind buffeting. Uh, and something about it, it just didn't sit quite as right with me as it did when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And I think the Z4, the Boxster, the Miata, everything else does it a little better. Um, I don't really love the Supra anymore. No, I'm not I'm not accepting that for two reasons. One, if you buy any new car, it's going to be a giant boat that rides like a cloud. Not necessarily. So, no, not no, if no, you no. buy a Miata or for a you, Boxster. For you, personally. Oh, me. I'm yeah. not buying anything new. Any, what what so, new giant boat so would I the, buy? Well, even your, your Lexus is still <laughs> this big floaty Grand Touring Two car. of them. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're both big floaty things. Exactly. Yes, but one it's not a sports ridiculous. car. So anything that's, that's a sports car is going to feel rough and abrupt and choppy. No, but I don't you. feel that way about the Boxster or the Miata or the Z4. Everything I just said about the Supra doesn't apply to those. And I would indeed buy a Boxster. I would indeed buy an ND Miata. And I would indeed buy a Z4. If I were in the market for those cars, none of those, co uh, those complaints that I just made would apply. Now, the other argument is that 75% of us sitting around this table have no business driving convertibles anyway for fear of skin cancer because we have so little hair left. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, there is a right answer here. Okay. Nathan has bought one of the cars on that list. Hang oh, on. he finally ponied up and got the Z4. <laughs> oh, God, somebody this, bought one. All this B58 talk, is that what you've bought? It is the best motor in the world. But did you buy it? No. Um, so you bought the pink Boxster. Well, I couldn't spring for the BMW. I see. So what have you acquired, Nathan? I bought the Press Miata. I bought the red one. We are so Ooh. happy for you. 
Fucking yes. That car is lovely. You, a, it is you went to LA about a year ago. Yeah. And I, fell I, I in believe love with it I convinced mm-hmm. you that you, you should extend your press trip yep. and stay for an extra week and mm-hmm. just fuck around with the car and yep. the roads while you're there. Yeah. And our friends at Mazda hooked you up with an ND. I believe that was your first time with an extended time in an ND. That mm-hmm. is correct. And you came back and you wouldn't, you had this sheepish smile on your face. Like mm-hmm. you just met the love of your life when you came home. I did. And I've seen you after dates after you've said you've met the love love of your life and you had a bigger smile than any of those times god i hope none of them are listening right now <laughs> i was just about to say that <laughs> don't worry don't worry they should, yeah. anyway so you came back and now you yeah. have acquired this car yeah so the whole thing with that is that i wasn't sure that that car in that paradise setting would live up to mm-hmm. reality and then we got that red Miata over the Christmas break, mm-hmm. and we had it again recently for this Boxster comparison. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it holds up actually great. I need it. I need it. I need Third it. Third time's charm. Yeah. That's a Dijan. It's like the polar yeah. opposite scenario of having it in California. So you're on vacation. It's perfect weather, perfect yeah. roads, That's perfect the everything there. Yeah. As opposed to gray, cold. Sitting on the QEW in minus two degrees in traffic. And With I his still top love down it. and his stupid Home Depot toque on, it's a sight to watch. <laughs> He's wearing his Nathan blazer and a Home Depot toque. His big smirk on his face, top down, heat on, windows up, and he just looks hilarious. That was fucking great. But he was so happy. And yeah, he's happy. Say, That's all that matters, right? If you could be happy in that uh-huh. scenario with a car, you've made the right pick. That's cheaper than therapy, man. So now every <laughs> single one of us has owned a Miata. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make the only car that every single one of us has owned? I, I think yeah, so. Yeah. I think so. Nick Wait, hasn't. Hold yeah. on. Pause. Have you, Jeff? Have you had a, a BMW 5 Series? No. Lots, yeah. lots of three yeah. series. Yeah. He had an E90 at one point. Yeah. Two and points. Je- two Jeff, E90s. Yeah. Jeff had multiple E90s. Yeah. You've never had a three series, Nick. No. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Miata is the only car that all four of there us. There we go. That's because it is, in fact, the answer. Oh. And between all of us, we've owned the NA, the NB, the NC, and the ND. All generations. Yeah. Spectacular. We've done it right. Congratulations, Nathan. That is a wonderful car. I am truly envious, even though I don't really fit in it. Are you going to drive it all year? All year. Good for you. I drove my NC all year as well, and that was the best. I have every intention of driving the fucking wheels off this thing. It's a goddamn lease. You better drive it all year. This is why I drive my LC all year. It's a waste, and I'll feel cheap not using it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty stoked. So this it's the, it's cool. a soul red GSP mm-hmm. with a sport package. With a sport pack, yeah. Perfect spec. Perfect yeah. spec. Perfect spec. I I don't know if I love the way soul red has aged, but it's still a very pretty. It's, it's a color. It, it's not it looks, gray, silver, white, or black like every other car on the road. So it's I, a, it's I get great. that soul red's like, I love it, but it is a tiny bit done. Yeah, it's been done. We've seen it, but mm-hmm. like there's no other great colors on the GSP. Like they don't to, make any to get nice that sport blues, pack, they nice do, blue. but only on the GT. They make a nice blue? Yeah. There's that nice dark blue. Yeah, but... Oh, Angles, yeah, they uh, do. Engelsman has one. That's right. That's yeah. right. He does. No, but he's now wrapped it light blue like his old one. Whatever. It's <laughs> um, so basically black. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I've started like navy blue. It's like, you know, like, na- like dark green's made a comeback. Now navy blue's yeah. almost making a comeback. It's like yeah. a really nice regal looking color. Dark green mm-hmm. never made a comeback, though. That's just Have you been <laughs> to the internet? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just because we know someone that bought like a spectacular show car in the most drab color ever. What color would you have bought your Lexus L C in if you had bought a Lexus L C that nice blue color that's new this year? Ah, ultrasonic blue two point yes. That would have been baby. my second choice. Is well, that if I didn't get Nori Green that would have been blue? No, it's like the medium it's the oh, color of the, 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 the convertible press yeah, car we okay. had. Yeah. The one no, that I'm still in love with. Copper. Still, yeah. <laughs> the the red color that was like the show car color from whenever that oh, car yeah, that's first gorgeous. came out. Yeah. That I feel like I feel like <clears throat> I feel like any red sports car is kind of cliche. Have you owned a red sports car before this one? No. I have a question. I've never owned a sports car. Come what if the appeal? If, if <laughs> Have you told any of uh, any female friends of yours about this Miata yet? Yes. Uh, what was the reaction from girls? I'm very curious to know about like Miatas. And she loved it. Really? She she Chicks loved it when them. I had it a few weeks ago. Oh, that's right. You just you just had yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. She's like this thing's the best. This is super cute and sexy and fun. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's that's great. Because like now because everything is a blah crossover. Mm-hmm. Anything that's small and like interesting looking and a yeah. Miata is visually interesting is automatically neat. Mm-hmm. 
It's true, and it's it's funny because when when we started doing this, Nick and I have talked about this a lot over the last decade. That all these that people think that oh, driving around in cool cars no. attracts the opposite gender. It does not. It actually just attracts <laughs> a colossal a, amount of dudes. Yeah. Dude magnets. <laughs> yeah. Like Motorcycles I, are the same. I yeah. distinctly mm-hmm. remember that there was a young journalist years and years ago who was in the business. I I don't know if he's still around, but we were in the U.S. U.S. press event, and he had just driven a GTR press car, and he thought it would help him get girls. A Nissan GTR. thing I've ever heard. Never. Like, okay, I, no. You know what actually works really well? This is kind of a gross topic. Let's get off this quick. But yes. what actually works really well, and you're not going to believe me, but I swear to God, my stupid Jaguar. You're a green I believe Jaguar that. sedan. My XJR I believe it. got a lot of attention. Positive really? attention that you would want to have. They're all interesting from, because they don't. Shall we say the geriatric? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Because <laughs> like they don't know what it is. They just see pretty nice car. They see the exotic ornament. It's a color. Like okay. And they, they ask you to pick to pick and, up some bottles of Ensure on the way home. <laughs> Man, shut the fuck up. Um, can we circle back around to something really quick here? Um, no. The super point. So no. there's there's a point that I wanted to make about that that I think is important. The Supra, especially versus the Z4. The Supra is a wonderful sports car. I have my own little grievances about the way it handles. But it's not a good car. Car. It's not a good daily. It is, like, there's no cargo space. You can't have the windows down. Like, it's too impractical to be a normal car. It's about as practical as a Miata. In roughly the same price bracket as a Z4. The Z4 delivers 95% Mm. of the performance edge in a way better car. So you get a way bigger trunk, a way better ride, and a convertible top. How they managed to do both those things at the same time is insane, but they did it in a car that drives 95% as well, and I personally think looks better. And now you can't even play the manual (laughs) transmission card because the Z4 is getting the stick with the inline six. That is the problem with the Supra. And if we've discovered anything recently, it's that BMW is absolutely nailing their stick shifts lately, right? I would get one of the ZF8 anyway. But so I drove the stick super last year. I didn't love it. I thought it felt weird and disconnected, and the rear subframe was bouncing around too much, and I didn't love it. Oh, that's just That's that's how BMW manuals have always felt. I don't mind it. I I feel like it's part of the character. I've always liked them. I feel like, okay, yes, on an older car, that it kind of like blends in and works. On a new car, everything is super tight except that it don't work. It falls into this weird uncanny valley of like there's a disconnect here where there shouldn't be. I bought this to get rid of that disconnect, and it's only more apparent. Interesting. I kind of agree with you because I felt that way about the new M2. Didn't didn't yeah. really speak to me the way a first gen does. Which yeah. is what I drove back to back with that Supra that you're referring to yeah. with the stick shift. And by comparison, look, the the M2 is unquestionably the better choice if you're out there to be the fastest guy at track day. Yeah. Great. It's it's an exceptional weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Supra, if you're going to actually drive your car yeah. and use it day to day and not just for track days, the Supra is far, far more engaging. It's a far I, more I, interesting I 100% buy that. Car. The Supra is a way better driver's car than the M2. And it is, it's just fun. Like, yeah. I got into that. I love the look of it still. Yeah, I agree with that. It's I love a great, the look. That's a great I, looking car. Every time I got into it, I was so happy. Much much like when yeah. I've got a Miata parked in my driveway. Yeah. And, you know, I love that it's out there. I, I'm looking for excuses to drive it. Yeah. You know what? I want to walk back my comment. The Supra's a better looking car than the Z4. The look, it's oh, still, it's it's still definitely looks better like looking. fucking super cool. That car looks rad as hell. They crushed that design, even if it absolutely ruined its ability to have its windows down. Do you guys think the Mark IV <laughs> Supra has aged well from a design perspective? No. The, no. the, big, the big bulbous one that no. I love with the big spoiler? No. No. Really? You guys don't like it, eh? No. No. Like, it, it's a good looking car, but it's oh, not, like, amazing. I love amazing. that Supra. Yeah. Uh, even when it was new, I didn't think it was like. Really, do you like the other generations better? Uh, yeah, the the second generation, Mark II and the, Mark the, III. The Celica yeah. Supra or the Mark yeah, III? The the Mark the, III is one with the T top. The yeah, Celica but, Supra was the one, the Mark II. Yeah, yeah, the Mark II was, I think, the most interesting of them, and that one really mm. stood out. And it was really mm. of its era. The uh, of the sorry, Mark IV. So that was the the bulbous the, the, one. Yeah, mm-hmm. the one I like. In that era, when you're going up against the 300ZX RX and the RX-7, yeah. those were That's both stunning cars. I thought yeah. all three of them, if you had to ask me to decide which is the prettiest, I couldn't because I love them all so much. The Mark IV is definitely iconic. Yes. Uh, but the FD RX-7 is just much is, more achingly gorgeous. That is one of the prettiest cars yeah. ever made. Absolutely. Yeah. Really? Like, uh, possibly the only car to make a door seem sexy. Mm. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's The Mark, the FD RX-7 is 
gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I thought I just I love them all. Even three hundred ZX Supra, love mm-hmm. them all. Every mm-hmm. single one of those. Mm-hmm. Skyline does nothing for me. In any generation, S fifteen Sylvia, yes. Hmm. None of the skylines. Were, uh, I've always see. I've always liked angular utilitarian-y looking cars. So like a two door, angular-y looking car, like a Skyline. That that's always really spoken it's to like me. Like a Dodge Daytona. Yes, like a Dodge Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> like a Sundance hatchback. Jeff, do you have any more grievances you want to air? <laughs> Jeff, what are you in this week? Uh, this week, I actually I have the uh, the Barbie special uh, Porsche. And I've uh, also got the F-Type, probably, that you guys have also had. Yeah, recently yeah too, I had right? that last the... fall. Fall, it was cold. It was like October. Right. And yeah. so I don't normally book two cars at the same time, but mm-hmm. the idea this week was to experience all of the convertibles that I could get my hands on reasonably at the same time. What, the Miata mm-hmm. wasn't available? I guess no. Nathan bought it. Well, that's just... Yeah. It's yeah. just sitting lonely waiting for its last booking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the idea is that, hey, if you've got a Roadster, mm-hmm. drive the damn thing, even yep. if it's all year round. So that was kind of the uh, the impetus of, of this week's bookings. That's pretty cool. And that's also why it was such a timely thing to come in and berate you guys for, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. for, for, for kind of crapping on yeah. that Boxster because it out. is pure magic. It was mm-hmm. one of those things I got into it yesterday, late afternoon, and, you know, it's been this the season of grayness throughout yeah. the, the Toronto area. We've had like a Vancouver winter now, right? We've had no mm-hmm. snow. It's just been gray. It's been just miserable, sloppy, horrible winter. And during the season, you typically get saddled with a lot of SUVs and just sort of mm-hmm. more pedestrian vehicles. And to get into this ridiculous colored pure sports car and start driving it i like i was grinning the whole hour drive home it was absolutely fantastic. you're going top down yet yes but just for the photo shoot mm. you didn't drive you don't Punk own a hat ass. what's that <laughs> you don't own a hat i don't know that no i don't <laughs> you go on all these press trips and you don't get to keep free no, hats no. <laughs> <laughs> um you don't have like a hat that says a like cross trek on it or something i, I do not no <laughs> it's funny because that very f type you have one of the last of an era, mm-hmm. right? Like, like that's the V8 supercharged. Um, I actually was having a conversation earlier this week with friend of the podcast, Thomas Hundle, about that exact mm-hmm. F-Type. And he brought up a point, because um, we're he and I are both you know fans of the LC500, and he's like, about the same money for V8 supercharged F-Type or the LC500. And I think we both, I, I, I see what your head is doing, and my head did the same thing mm-hmm. right nathan like it's mm-hmm. it's it's a very the lc is strikingly beautiful easy choice for me but so is the f type no no easy no no choice. lc yeah yeah no me too obviously Fuck but yeah but hang on but i have i have i have thoughts while the lc is the objectively better car in every it's way it's not even objectively it's subjectively too yeah subjectively but God, normally okay, when you're shopping know, in this segment when you're shopping True. in this segment it is all subjective Yes. You buy what your heart yeah. tells you to buy. Fuck the numbers. Because all of the them are fast, all wrong. of them are pretty. <laughs> all of them are fast, all of them are pretty. All of them are the same amount of expensive. They all do, you know, they all do everything pretty much right. Um, let's let's go coupe to coupe or convertible to convertible, yeah. right? Because they're both available in both yep. configurations. Um, the LC is the better car, but the F-Type is so theatrical and dramatic, and mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I think it's fucking sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I fucking love that car. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm going to miss the F-Type when it's gone. I love the F-Type when it first came out. It's been on sale for over a decade. I think it's one of those cars that, I guess, kind of like how we look at the E-Type now, but in a different way. Like, the E-Type then was uh, ahead of its generation beautiful. I wouldn't necessarily say the F-Type is. I think it's beautiful. I don't think it's ahead of its generation beautiful. Mm. Right? Because, uh, like, the LC looks futuristic pretty. and pretty. The Boxer's mm-hmm. just, you like pretty because it's a porsche um the f-type's pretty the, i can't when the f-type was new the alpha 4c was out that was pretty mm-hmm. like all these cars are pretty mm-hmm. right but i i think both of those cars with the big v8s are just such cool cars and it's such a fucking shame that they're not going to exist like lexus yeah. just mm-hmm. there was rumors rumors earlier this week that the lc and the rc are going to consolidate into one hybrid sports car which means the v8's dead Mm-hmm. Right, the V8. Yeah. I mean, that naturally aspirated five liter is one of the only natu- naturally aspirated engines left anywhere. Kind of why I bought that car because it's it's last of its kind. But that F type, man, it's a cool car. It's so good. I like for me, like as much as I love the LC, and like if you've heard me sing the praise of that car, like, yeah. I love that thing. I no contest F type. 
Really? Well, yeah, but you also yeah. like dumb British yeah. things. You're a masochist, yeah. So. I do like dumb British things, but also for about the same money, I get approximately 200 more horsepower. It's not 200 150 more. more. Bro, less than 100, 150. You have like, what, 470? 470. Isn't it 550 in the it's J? It's like 580. Oh, okay. So 100 more horsepower. So 100 more horsepower, all-wheel but, drive, so I can drive it all year round, not getting stuck in, on like driveways like you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... And like... The LC sounds very good. That F-Type is not from this planet. It sounds like a dragon gurgling bees. I think the <laughs> F-Pace SVR does that engine sound better. I Agreed. think the F-Type's yeah. theatrics Agreed. are a yeah. little it's, it's bit a little, artificial. It's a little too quiet and too loud. The, the, F, the F-Pace blend yeah. them together a little better. Yeah. Yeah. But the F-Type, the F, the F, sorry, the F-Pace, why the fuck are they all called the same thing? Anyway, the, the SUV yeah. is so wicked cool. I think that is the coolest yeah. thing in its segment. Yeah. The F-Pace SVR, it's a shame yeah. nobody buys it because it's wicked. Yeah. It's awesome. Put, Everybody should buy one. Yeah, put that exhaust on an F-Type and it's a flawless mm. car. There you go. <clears throat> but what kind of ruins it for me is that over the years, like the F-Type unquestionably kicked off this whole burble tune thing we talked about this yeah the snap crackle pop yeah thing. which yeah. which has been done to death both by played out now both super both by other automakers and the aftermarket and i think that that's what kind of ruins the f-type for me as much as i love it that ruins it for me but i get that the the lc cab specifically is the only instance where i prefer the convertible over the coupe interesting because it it lets you listen to that delicious normally aspirated v8 that much better okay and what gets me every time every time i just play i just play that sound of the of that crack of the of the exhaust on upshifts in my head every time and i get goosebumps Every we were out, we were out in mine time. today and went and blasted a couple shifts. And <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah this, is, this is good in sport. And Nick was giggling like a schoolgirl the whole time, literally just like this. Yeah, no, I I agree. And and while you know that you're right, you can hear it better in in a convertible. Um, the the coupe looks better to me. Agree. Like every day of the week, yeah, the coupe yeah. with its carbon roof looks just incredible. Um, I think it's one of the most timeless designs of available today. I think that's a car that will still think is wicked i actually think it looks better than the lfa from a looks standpoint there's yes. no disputing that mm-hmm. like yes. the v10 exhaust of the lfa but i think the lc is prettier um yeah. and i think that it's yeah I, you're right though i think the verbal tune's done but overall theatrics the f-type does it so well i will concede though that the uh i'll 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 concede to Nathan's point that the F-Type being all-wheel drive, that does carry some appeal mm-hmm. in, like, this market where we're, yeah. you know, and it, and supposed to get snow. Yeah, and it's not like it's heavier and numb for it. Like, it's no. still wacky. I think the, like, the uh, okay, look, you could get, 10 years ago, you could get a Jaguar XKR, which had the big supercharged V8, mm-hmm. and then you could get a, from the same you know, relative family, you could get the Aston Martin V8 Vantage, which had, mm-hmm. had a big naturally aspirated V8 and sounded theatrical. Now, the Vantage sounds like a slightly better AMG GTC, mm. and the LC does the best job of sounding like what the Vantage should sound like, mm. also has the mm. timeless design. I think it's the better upgrade from a jag if you're going for I that totally get you. The, the lc thing, sounds a lot more a... musical like they've put a lot of attention mm-hmm. to making it sound pretty the mm-hmm. f-type sounds nasty and i love it yeah no i get that i'm with you i think so both are the correct answers there. The, yeah I don't think there's, there's no wrong answer, wrong answer. On that one. there's yeah, no right answer wonderful cars jeffrey thoughts does anyone do an aftermarket exhaust for the lc oh yeah Lots and of them. I Ew. figured as much. Lots and, and lots. And how does that sound? I don't know. I haven't cared to look because <laughs> I fucking care. <laughs> well, no, because if that's the only reason to pick an F-Type over an LC is that it sounds better. Well, Nathan said it's something about 100 more horsepower and all-wheel drive. It's, it's faster. I, I like it, that it's... It doesn't feel it. Like, neither it, one of them feel... Like, faster than the other. You're right. I... I, I don't know, man. I and like neither Jags. neither one of them feel that fast if you start driving electric cars these days. It's true. You know, like you can drive a Hellcat and be kind of underwhelmed by it if you've driven whatever a Lucid or something. You know, I mean, it's or like a Mach mm-hmm. E GT. Right, they're yes. all fucking yeah. fast. Or like, a Kia, yeah. uh, EV6, EV6 GT. GT. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. all the same. Yeah, like all of them are just yeah. fast. It's all about how it makes you feel, and yeah, that F Type made me feel things. Whereas the LC, 
did also did love it like this is like there's there's no wrong answer here but i just preferred the f-type just a little bit more it spoke to me just that last little bit yeah no i i don't disagree at all there you go so there's no, for once hold on jeff didn't give an answer here well, yeah which know, which would you have oh absolutely the lc no right. question oh so yeah. three of the four would have the oh, lc yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah absolutely. but all four of us like both cars a lot Yes, although I like the F-Type far less now than I did 10, ten years, years ago, ago when right. it came out. Yeah. At that mm-hmm. point, A, I liked the original nose on it better yes. than the new one. Yes, that's the other thing. They, they Jailer did kind of sort of spoil it just yeah. a little bit after this third refresh, I think. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I like... so much preferred this nose. I, yeah, I like the new really? nose, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like the one that came... Le- that came just before this one. So, like, the 20, 2020, 2021? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like them all. It's like they a all slight, look, it's like a slight evolution. They all look yeah. good. I don't like vertical headlights on anything. Vertical headlights. Okay, yeah. Or, like, with the, with the, the, the straight back, like, like the first F-Type. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I agree with I, I see what, yeah. Hey, hey, now. <laughs> you watch your mouth. <laughs> uh, and then the... I don't know. The other, like the interior, obviously, it's now ten years old, and they've not really done anything to improve. Just improve it, the infotainment and like nips. Oh, they got it right the first there. time. Whatever. Uh, not come with anything on that one. I, I do. I've, I, I've always liked the F types cockpit, uh, and the inf- in the new in, in the new infotainment. I did say cock. <laughs> I, I, I know damn well what I said. <laughs> no, I, I, Jeff, I think I'm with these guys too. That like, They're, yeah, sure, it's just you know, lightly improved, but it was fine to begin with. It wasn't yeah, like it, it was it a was, lovely environment. It, wasn't yeah. agree- it does it's not egregious. Every time I get into one now, I don't yeah. think, oh my god, this feels ancient. Yeah, like, like, I can't like, believe they haven't fixed this yet. What what do you fix? The only egregious aspect really was the infotainment, and they fixed that a long time ago. Yeah. Well, you know what the the biggest problem is, I guess I'm having with it this week is I'm also driving it back to back with a Porsche. Yeah, but you're also a slappy for the Porsches. There is no substitute. No count. (laughs) But there is. The answer is Miata. (laughs) (laughs) We've established this. So what are your your thoughts on the uh, Boxster? I just love its purity. You know, it's one of those cars that everything about it, even though... I don't love that it's a four-cylinder. I, I heard what you said there about it sounding like mm-hmm. a like a Subaru, and you're and you owned your fair share of Subarus. That's right. I I, I like the four-cylinder boxer engine in Subarus. Well, Same and in three five sixes, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It, I was hard on it in the beginning, but now it's like I, I don't mind it so much. Now that said, I would never buy it new anyway. Like a new four-cylinder. 718 doesn't make any sense to me when you can buy a used six-cylinder Yeah, that's one. the thing. But, but a 981 the, Boxster yeah. came in like 2015, 16, whatever that last year, last bit was. 981.2, I guess. Yeah. With yeah. the naturally aspirated flat six, the stick, like the nicest S or GTS in the world is like 55,000 bucks. This is the oh. thing. You flip a couple pages back in Porsche's Rolodex, you get more or less the same car with a vastly superior engine for like not a ton more money than yeah. the stupid Miata. That I just bought. Like, yeah. okay, now you got a business case. Now you're cooking. Yeah. I get you. That makes all the sense yeah. in the world. And like, I don't want to get into this again because we definitely covered it <laughs> but, uh, a bit beforehand. But like, uh, but just but just to briefly rehash. As much as we preferred new versus new, um, ND over Boxster, that answer changes quite a bit when you start looking to to the used market. But mm-hmm. again, I don't want to get into this again because. No. Literally, it's been we done. talked about this last episode. Much yeah. of the flogging has been done. Yes, yeah. exactly. Jeff, you were at the uh, Toronto Auto Show. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us about it? Oh, any, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about that. We're supposed to talk about that. Nick, how are we doing for time? We're, we're doing great for time. We've got, we got maybe like 10, 10 15 minutes to uh, right. talk about the Toronto Auto Show. Very good. Uh, I like that the Toronto Auto Show, especially compared to, well, compared to... New York lately, uh, L.A. lately, the last Chicago. couple of years. I didn't do Chicago, but mm. both the New York and L.A. shows the last few years have seemed a mere shadow of their former yeah. selves. Yep. And so that's been kind of depressing. Toronto has done a fabulous job, though, of really trying to bring back the energy that there once was with the auto yeah. show. Yeah. And if nothing else, even if we're still lacking <clears throat> some of the big players, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot have come back this year, but yeah, yeah. there are still some missing. But you got to admit, though, that it, nobody's doing these car shows with exotics the way that Toronto does. Like they, they've got so many. They interesting really do. Like they roll out the cool and, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I think 
that makes it really special because you know even though as a as a kid the auto show was like second Christmas to me. That was something yeah, to look forward to. Yeah. Right? It was the one day my yeah. dad would let me take off school on a weekday, and he he and I would go and spend the day just, and I'd be looking at all the cars, exactly getting into whatever I could. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That was the one yeah. thing. Sitting now it's everything. work, and I hate it. Yeah. yeah, we're not doing anything tomorrow, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Now, for the most part, all the new cars are, are like, yeah, you know, been there, done that, whatever, got it, got it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I drove that one, I drove that one, I drove that one, I farted in that one. And, and often that it's one, that literally. exact one. Yeah, right. Yeah, like right. that one. That one, yeah. But still, with the Toronto show, they do a good job of bringing in enough other things. Again, these exotics that I... Yeah, I, yeah like, I like, 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 like the Cobble Beach those. exhibit. Mm-hmm. And that, that was too. really yeah, cool. Like Ferrari had a, had a setup there of all just classic stuff. I don't know if it was Ferrari or a sponsor. Of Ontario, yeah, really? okay, yeah, yeah. That's actually, I believe, that's uh, the owner Remo Ferry's personal collection. Yeah, wow. The yeah. 288 Damn. GTO, the F40, the oh. Enzo, the Daytona. I believe, oh. the Daytona. Oh my god, that, that Daytona! My god, the Vice City Stinger. Oh, <laughs> the presentation on that with like the wheels was, off yeah. on jack stands. That was Fucking a really cool. Sick. Like, like that was incredible. You're explain that to me. Like, oh yeah, they took it apart. Like that. That all right? That sounds dumb. It sounds like it got like mugged. <laughs> But in, in the flesh, you know, that looks really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was worth going to the show just to see things like that. I yeah. Yeah. yeah, last the, year we saw the Shakes Countach that we lost to a Cobble Beach again. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that was nice yes. to see it there. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, hello, old friend. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. The <laughs> other thing though about about the auto shows, and it's not just the Toronto, it's any auto show, is yeah. that I think more and more the OEMs are driving this model toward consumers doing almost all of the shopping experience for a new car online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is far too important to have that touchy feely experience with a car mm-hmm. um, that if you're not really going to go and do all the different dealership visits and whatever else, at least make your short list as a consumer by going to the auto show, go yeah. in and sit yeah, and just all check the these things out in person. You exactly. have to, like you can study all you want. It doesn't make a difference. So you like asses and seats. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. Because if, if that, driving position doesn't work for you then it doesn't matter how many reviews out there glow about that particular car and how good its infotainment system is how great its engine is how efficient it is none of that's going to matter if the yeah. seat is uncomfortable for you yeah so that's an important yeah point. and that varies yeah. so much from person to person too like like the things you might care about don't affect me at all and vice versa yeah yeah and i don't know though i i'm seeing it as one of those things with so many major automakers i'm just gonna call out like the ones that weren't there were like mercedes bmw audi volkswagen mazda uh honda Honda, acura like major major brands that just didn't bother to come because they see that or they they have determined that for their audience the there is no value in the show and they don't spend the money to be there and they will sell just as many cars this year Mm -hmm. with or without the show Mm -hmm. and with you're saying about with purchasing going online i don't think purchasing online is really like after your house your car is the biggest purchase you make no, but right? i mean like so much of the buying process like oh, no, so much of buying is shopping around and deciding right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no I, yeah. I agree with that but I, I just think that um there is so much information available online there's all the press releases so many photos you could find like a 300 photo gallery on say toyota.ca of whatever the latest corolla is and you can see exactly every angle virtual tours 360 degree views and it's like i I kind of it hurts me it pains me to say i don't know that this auto show model is going to be there in the next decade I see it dwindling more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, like they keep saying that uh, attendance is higher than ever, mm-hmm. yeah. with low, fewer and fewer automakers every year. The overall number, like, like okay, Vinfast was there, great, but like it, th- those are the brands that need awareness mm-hmm. that people don't know they exist. But like the actual brands that people are buying millions and millions of don't give enough of a shit to be there, and that's telling as well. Yeah, and I'm. Because, like, I get what you mean that there's no, or, like, a difficult to justify business case, especially with the, from what I understand, like, insanely high cost of being there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we got to outlay two million or whatever it is to be there for the week and set up. And, like, are we going to get that two mil back? Destruction of vehicles. Yeah. Like, cars get annihilated on the show circuit yeah. when millions of people are getting in and out of them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. everything breaks. Yeah, like, like, a lot goes into it, and I get that. But it's also kind of like, yo, man, be cool. No, I, I agree. I, don't, don't get me wrong. I love the auto show. I'm really, I'll be upset if it's no yeah. more a thing. But I, but like guys, like we used to like, it just like Nick, Jeff and I started in this industry just over a decade ago. And 
we remember how much fun Detroit and LA used mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. And for Jeff to say, which he just did about five minutes mm-hmm. ago, that they're a shadow of their former selves, that yeah. almost hurts yeah. to hear. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. yeah. Like it sucks. We used to that used to be a like almost like the party of the year for us. We'd mm-hmm. go and we'd do work and we'd hang yeah. out and it was it was an annual pilgrimage to LA. Yeah, it was Detroit, a pilgrimage to be able to see these cars too, to see the global premieres. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and no one's doing premieres there anymore. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Like, the, like the premieres at the shows has fallen off a cliff. They're just doing mm-hmm. their own things online now, and I think that's taking a lot of the steam out of it. Right. You, know, you got to right. go to the Toronto mm-hmm. show or Detroit or whatever to see so and so new Viper or whatever it is from Chrysler. You don't have to do that anymore. Nope. Yeah. It's too I think that's stream. what's taking a lot of wind out of the sails. Like the. The f- like there's the consumer education part of yeah. it that bland- brands are split on whether yeah. or not there's value they're to it. They're only there for the consumer education at this point. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The flash it's definitely is not, not there. It's, it's definitely not there for us. I mean, yeah. from a from a coverage, from a news perspective, you know. We, there's nothing to we, say. Yeah. We like, already know most of what there is to know about yeah, and we've already educated our audience too, and yeah. we've talked yeah. about the cars because, frankly, if someone wants to read news, they're going to go online, and the day after any car is re- revealed, there's a thousand news opinions mm-hmm. and rehash press releases. We want to tell our audience, and you guys do a sensational job of that mm-hmm. every week Thank on you. our content and our podcast about the actual opinion of how it feels inside that car. What's the experience like, both from an enthusiast and a consumer point of view? So. From a news like this is what we saw at the auto show, like yeah, meh. yeah, and like that's a, even like we even forget that like oh yeah, that's a thing. Manufacturers do rollouts at shows now. Like Subaru had a brand new, all new twenty like twenty five Forester on the showroom yeah. floor. We forgot it was fucking there. Like really, that oh, oh shit, look at that. that like, important. And then we yeah. went over and checked it yeah. out. But yeah. it was like, and, and it's oh, one yeah. of their biggest cars, and we had no idea. Like yeah. it's it's just like. That, I think that that's the, the key element that's missing is that the reveals aren't being done there anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which leads me to say that at some point they're going to turn in the towel. Yeah. Or it'll turn around. Maybe they'll see like, oh, maybe there was a return on that. Like, let's start doing it. Yeah, that. maybe. Yeah. I feel like there's... A, I especially, hope you're right. I yeah. really hope I'm wrong. Especially yeah. compared to like this year's show compared to last year's. You know, yeah, because like, last, last year, year was a shell, dude. That was Last lame. year, I... I feel like last year was a bit of a red herring because that that was the first uh, Toronto auto show since lockdown. Yeah. And despite so many automakers having pulled out and and despite the show being a shell of its former se- shell of its former shelf, now it's a tongue twister for you. <laughs> uh, d- despite all that, it still managed to set like record attendance. But also but because everyone was was itching to just get wanted to go. That's out. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just so wanted somewhere it, to it's go. a weird year. That, yeah, that's exactly it. So but, it'll be telling this year. Right? Yeah, I I think we have seen like numbers come out, and you know this year, despite like having fewer cars than than usual, but more than last year, I'm fairly certain that although. The official numbers weren't, didn't exactly meet last year's. Uh, they're still pretty strong in terms of like opening weekend. Yeah, hopefully it'll so trend back up. There's still like there's still some value from a consumer's per- perspective. Yeah. I, it comes to be a thing of like because like most of the brands that stepped out were like upper crusty brands. Cars that basically and, sell themselves. Well, yeah, and they might have looked at and seen like you know we're not going to capture any new buyers there this year because no one has any <laughs> fucking money. So why are we going? Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we cap off uh, the show real th- this week's episode real quick with our uh, best in show? Oh man, I haven't thought about this. Best in uh, show. Best Ooh. in show of all the cars. All of the, them. There's not to be a new car in the entire Metro Toronto Convention Center, Enzo. North and South buildings. Enzo, what are you taking home? Enzo. I think Addy is taking home the, the Ferrari Enzo. Nick, have you thought about it? Do you know I'm what? taking home the Daytona that was parked right in front of the Enzo because that's such a striking color. Uh, like that almost like wine red. I have a truck. I'll pick you up when you break down. But Thank yes, you. it is strikingly beautiful. Thank you. Well, if we yeah. want cars that break Hands down, down, I'll have to pick that Countach that beat out Addy earlier this year. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> that was I, think I, would, I would take the same car for that value. <laughs> <laughs> So, th- so of the entire show, we're concentrating within the basement of the North Building. Yeah, and cool. only Italian cars. Yeah, yeah. You know what? There was, was there was um, 
a Porsche 356 rebodied by Zagato there. That oh, was, yeah, that, that was, was cool. That was Desperately cool. pretty. That's there we cool. go. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, so no, n- nothing for the 2025 Subaru Forester then? How about the uh, the Canadian spec GT3 that they unveiled there? The no. Porsche GT3. I mean, it's novel, I guess, but it's not something that I'd personally take home. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of the two-tone color on it either. But yeah. Why is it like off-center? Like that split between red and white. Because race car. That costs more money, Nick. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That package is the Canadian uh, Maple Leaf uh, Platinum package. Oh. That costs $8,700 and is part of the special wish program. I'm making that on the build sheet. I don't know. Imran was with me. We were looking at this. That yeah. is actually $125,000 <laughs> for that special edition. Oh, on top of the Body. cost of a GT3 RS. Oh. oh. <laughs> so wait, you can get, if you don't go for those special Canada-only trimmings, you can get a 911 GT3 and a base 718 Boxster for the price of this one. Not a base. Yeah. You're getting a GTS 4 liter for 125 buddy. Jesus. Yeah. 110, 115 gets you a base GTS 4 liter with a six-speed. And a GT3. Yep. As, or this... One two tone. You could get a GT3 and a base LC500. Because it's about a buck twenty. It's a buck fifteen for a base LC500. So the moral of the story tonight, then, gentlemen, is don't buy the sticker package for a Porsche. That's basically what pretty much. Yeah. Come here if you want yeah. Ruby Star yeah. Neo, just get a base boxer. If you if you want a special two tone red on white Canada only edition one of one GT3 or whatever. Just get a regular GT3. Yep. Very well then. Thank you all for tuning in. Jeff, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having uh, me. Why don't you tell our dear listeners where to find your work? Most likely you're going to find my stuff on autotrader.ca, uh, Vicarious Magazine, Auto Guide, um, and of course, Double Clutch from time to time. When that bastard of an editor finally lets me write something for it. <coughs> <coughs> And (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, You can keep tabs on our automotive adventures at doubleclutch.ca on socials. Uh, Addy, Nathan, Jeff, thanks for joining. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.